Jim Robbins, and you're listening to the Good and Noble Heart Podcast. And with me today is Dwight Edwards, and he is the author of the book Revolution Within. And his book Revolution Within a number of years ago was one of those books that was an answer to prayer. Uh, because throughout my life, I've found myself praying, God, lead me to the right books. And uh, Dwight's book had such a foundational effect on what I now believe and write about, the new heart, this new disposition, this new life th that the Christian gets to live, where they get to actually indulge a new nature, and they don't have to live a pressured Christian life. Uh, Dwight is also pastor at Water's Edge Church in Houston, and he has served as a friend and advisor to Larry Crabb. Dwight, it's great to be with you. Uh, Jim, thanks so much. It's great, great to be with you, and uh, really looking forward to our time. Well, let's just jump in. Um, I want to start off with a couple of, of quotes from your book, Revolution Within, to, to set the stage here. Um, in, in the first several pages, you say, I spent so many years trying to muster up desire for what I knew God was requiring of me, or praying that God would change my heart. The good news is, that God has already changed my heart and yours as well. And then the follow-up to that is uh, you, you say, now I work from the basic assumption that deep down every true believer does want to do the will of God. So what is so revolutionary uh, and counter really to the message that, that circulates in a lot of Christian circles what is so revolutionary about this idea that something has already taken place that we have taken for granted? Well, I, I just think it's uh, one of the great hidden truths uh, of Christendom, and you know, obviously there are you know pockets here and there that that are teaching it, but you know, on the whole, it just seems like Christianity or maybe churchianity is a better way of looking at it. Mm. You know, is working from the premise of uh, outside in. And, and that is, you know, we're, we're given a list of things on the outside, uh, and normally, you know, good and legitimate things, and that supposedly by doing these things, that's going to change the inner man. Um, and in fact, you know, I, I would say, you know, particularly from the, the message of the New Covenant, is that a true spirituality is inside out. And, you know, of course, Christ made that statement when he said, you know, uh, to the Pharisees, you try to make the cup of uh, um, clean on the outside, uh, you know, but if you clean the inside, the outside will take care of itself. Um, and so, so the, you know, to me, the great message of the New Covenant is that when we become believers, uh, something far more radical then simply forgiveness of sins takes place, although that does take place, and that is a huge, huge issue. Uh, but beyond the, the forgiveness of sins is a divine invasion, what, what Dante called becoming in-godded. And uh, through the Holy Spirit within us, uh, we're given uh, not only a new identity, but also a new disposition, a whole new, new set of appetites, a whole new set of inclinations, a whole new set of longings, uh, that they want to do what God requires from the outside. But no longer is it a have to, but it's, as you mentioned, it's more of a get to. And then along with the desire is also given the power through the Holy Spirit. And so, um, you know, I just, I think this is crucial, crucial um, truths. And, and honestly, you know, I think if you, you read particularly Paul uh, in his writings, 
that he always starts there. He always starts with what's new about you coming out of conversion that's different than when you went in. And then now let's live in light of the new you uh, as opposed to living to try to make a new you. Right. There's an assumption that something has already radically been reshaped inside of us. Um, and as, as I think, you know, I remember you saying that God doesn't require anything of you that he doesn't intend on doing himself in you. Uh, right. So there's this resting on a, um, on a work of God that has already happened, because I, I know most Christians and myself for a long time had this kind of hope that maybe someday I'll get it, maybe someday I'll be able to, you know, live from the righteous, righteousness of God. Uh, and even if some people think that Christ has now indwelled them and they're relying on that, depending upon that righteousness, they tend to see it as something that's alongside a still marred and dirty nature that's the same as you've always been. Um, so it's it's almost this forensic, legalistic accounting where God has somehow, on some divine ledger, credited you with his righteousness, but he hasn't actually made you righteous. Well, what good would that do you? <laughs> um, I mean, because what you need is actual righteousness, and you need it now. Um, so let's 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 take a look at some biblical mo- the biblical model for for how people change, and then we'll contrast it with some prevalent models that are that are out there today. Um, what struck me is that you say it's and Larry Crabb has said this as well that it's not about getting fixed. But it's about releasing something. Say something about that, if you would. Well, exactly. I think one of the, the prevalent models today is, as Larry uh, calls it, there is uh, fix what is wrong. And um, you know, the idea is that you know, as I go back uh, into my past and I look at the dysfunctionality of the family that I grew up in, I become aware of the wounds of abuse and you know the different things that have helped contribute to sort of the mess that I'm in, uh, I think there's kind of a, a subtle Gnosticism that comes with that, that if I just understand the intricacies, uh, that is what's going to enable me to become a different person. And I think the great myth of that is that uh, the belief that understanding equals change, and, and that's not the case at all. Uh, you know, I think many times people get, get, get stuck in that model. Now, you know, there's nothing wrong with going back in the past. I, I think in particular, when there's issues of forgiveness that need to be dealt with, I think that's where it becomes important to go and, 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 and look at those, because those issues are blocking the Spirit of God within from being able to fully manifest himself. But um, I think the real issue uh, under the New Covenant, which is just another way of saying the New Testament, you know, the, the, you know, uh, the Christianity that we're called to, is uh, what Larry calls release what is good. And, and the good, obviously, is only God. It, it's not an inherent good that we have produced on our own in any sense. Uh, it's the uh, indwelling Holy Spirit. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so, um, you know, the hope for the believer is not that the flesh ever gets fixed, it ever gets reformed, it ever gets upgraded, because the day we die, nothing's going to happen there. But the, 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 the good news of the covenant is there's always something deeper in us than our flesh. There's always something deeper in us than our lusts and our anger and our jealousies and so forth and so on. And, and the deeper part is God himself, the new nature that he's placed within us. 
And so the hope of victory, if you will, is um, to remember what's true and to fall back on that deeper part within us, which will override the flesh but not take the flesh away. But nonetheless, it can, it can move past the flesh. Mm. And um, I know that you also mentioned uh, another model, uh, a false model that's operating, that's the do what is right, the moralistic model. Right. Yeah, I'd say fix what is wrong is the therapeutic model. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, do what is right is the moralistic model, or what I just call the, the Nike model. You know, just do it. You know, here's here's what the Bible says, and now just do it. And uh you know, uh, that's a very uh, common approach to spirituality. And normally, you know, the list they get is legitimate. You know, love your wife, um, you know, um, you have a quiet time, you know, tithe, whatever else it is. And um, yet that, that is essentially the old covenant model. I mean, that's really the, that's the difference between the old covenant and new covenant. In the old covenant, God gave a list and essentially said, now, you know, live up to it. I think the reason for giving us that list was so we would hang ourselves. So that we, he gave us enough rope so that by the time the New Testament comes, we realize, hey, I can't pull this off. Um, but it is, it's, it's, you know, I think it's a very naive, uh, naively optimistic model that thinks, okay, well, if he just tells me what I should do, I can do it. So I'll grip my teeth and do my best. And I think what happens under that model is that, one, you get very tired in a hurry. Mm. Um, and, and then once one gets tired, um, you know, I think you end up going one of two directions. One is finally just give it up and just say, you know what, this must be for other Christians who, you know, are more spiritual and more committed and, you know, they can pull it off. Or I think what subtly happens is we begin tinkering with the commands. And what I mean by that is that we begin to dumb down the commands to the level that our flesh can pull it off. Mm. And so that we reduce Christianity to do nothing more than, you know, keep away from pornography, you know, don't get drunk, uh, you know, run with the right people, you know, go to church consistently. You know, all the things that do not require anything of the supernatural to be able to, to, to pull off. So that second model, yes, I, w- I would call the, the um, you know, do what is right model. And I think that any of these models we're talking about – um, really puts the focus on what is unfinished about us. Oh, Ra- good, yeah. You know, rather than what has already <clears throat> taken place, because uh, the flesh gets enticed, as you're suggesting, it gets enticed by these models where I am so unfinished that I need to, uh, you know, do this uh, moral or spiritual checklist to be not just right with God, but to to live a godly life um, or any prescription um, where the flesh gets enticed is energized. And in any of these models, you can bypass your new nature altogether. Um, Absolutely. And, and let it remain almost dormant um, in, in the process. So it's, there's this reservoir of hope that is within us that is an act of current righteousness that any of these models can can completely bypass. Oh, I absolutely agree. And, and you know, the flesh loves to be able to take credit. You know, mm. the flesh loves to be able to find a way that it can be part of the equation and therefore it can share in part of the glory. And, um, you know, that's where I just think, you know, Christ cannot say it more clearly uh, than he does in the Gospels, particularly John 15, 
you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. Uh, in fact, he himself, his whole life was modeled after that level of dependency. He says, uh, you know, in, in John um, 14, he says, you know, the, the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. Uh, earlier he had said, I can of myself do nothing, uh, but I only do what I hear of the Father, in particular that John 14, 10. Uh, says, uh, the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. Well, same thing for us, exactly. But but the flesh is very subtle in the ways that it it, it gets you know gets in the picture. Yeah, and I and I would also add a, maybe perhaps one more model there. We've got the moralistic do it is right model, the the fix what is wrong therapeutic. And you also mentioned uh, a get what is missing. In other words, some kind of spiritual encounter or mountaintop experience kind of thing. Um, and and I would add uh, the model of the the uh, the mental model the the fix your wrong thoughts and patterns fix your right. feelings and, and your life will go much better for you which again um, can completely bypass what God wants to release um, well, in you yeah completely yeah I like to call I'm glad you brought that up Jim because I, if I I'd love to be able to go back and add that. To the, to the model, because I, I, I like to put it this way, it's to believe what is true. Mm. Uh, and that is, is you know, if I just get enough Bible doctrine, you know, sound doctrine, if I'm in the Scripture enough, like you said, if I've learned to fix my thoughts, as long as my, my Christianity is thoroughly orthodox, you know, um, you know I'm well-steeped in theology and Scripture and so forth, and that's going to be the key. And, you know, I grew up in a tradition that, uh, you know, very strongly emphasized uh, that. And I think kind of the, the, the other side is what you mentioned, uh, I like to call it the get what is missing model, the, sort of the, the, the mystical power encounter. You know, if I could just have this one great experience, uh, you know, God will kind of zap me and, uh, you know, the, the trouble will be taken away. And so I think that kind of the irony of the whole thing is that uh, if, if the new covenant is properly lived out, and we focus on a person rather than different things. Ironically, in a real sense, all four of those take place as the byproduct. You know, I think as we allow Christ to live his life through us, uh, we don't fix what is wrong, but we bypass what is wrong. As we allow Christ to live his life through us, uh, we do do what is right, but it's in desperate dependence upon him to do through us what is right. You know, we will believe what is true. Uh, we will get what is missing as much as we need of it, uh, but it will be in the right proportion, you know, at the right time, and and the model won't be the focus. You know, the person of Christ will be the focus. Right, and even that therapeutic model that says, if you can just alter the patterns of belief that got you to this sort of um, chaotic state in your life or this painful state in your life where you're just reacting to circumstances, um, even that, though it is true, can bypass and ignore the resources of our new hearts altogether. I mean, it's, 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 really the, it's really a popular notion to say, if you fix, and then fill in the blank, your thoughts, your feelings, um, what you believe is your sin, what is missing, all those things, this fix what is missing, lacking, it's all about what hasn't happened yet. It's, I call it the becoming model. If, if I were to tie all those together, it's the becoming something which is true. We do want to become more fully um, radiant because of this new life and us, this new nature. But 
unfortunately, the way it's often lived out is becoming because you don't have what is needed already. And right. so it sets you up for a life of futility and failure. 